heroes could, of course, do nothing. They sat in shock and suppressed despair at the loss of their bold protector. Only knowing what their duty called for next, they informed Shafkim of Jafaki's death and returned to Otari. And despite being welcomed as heroes, the praise and thanks of the townspeople felt dull and distant in the wake of such tremendous loss. Kruka received new armor made from the pelts of winter wolves, and Kilino Lathanar, in his way, gave thanks to Tulak. They visited Rin to bring her the sorrowful news and seek guidance from her and the stars before a courier informed them their delivery at Galentine's had arrived. It's there that Tulak received a return letter from his father, bare of any useful information. And there they also met a new and unexpected ally, Izori of the Pashman Lanseer, and Samal's lover, seeking vengeance for his death. Y'all ever uh, perform any witchcraft? I feel like you've asked that before. You ever get, you ever get yourself in a circle on the living room floor with all your friends? Yeah. Or lay down some candles, try an incantation or two. You know, what do you think witchcraft is? <laughs> Well, for one, I don't think it really exists, so I'm not quite sure, actually. <laughs> Shout out to all the Wiccans in the audience. <laughs> Put some hexes on for them. That was my next question. Has ever, does anyone ever feel like they've been hexed or possibly cursed uh, and genuinely believe it? <laughs> Just cursed with uh, stunning good looks and this rapier-sharp wit. <laughs> Ayo. Nailed it. Is that a plus one? <laughs> yeah. Could be if you play your cards right. <laughs> so dumb. That's what she um, said. I have never really gotten down and done any dirty little witchcraft. Though I love horror movies oh, yeah. and I'm super interested in the topic and enjoy watching other people do witchcraft in movies and then usually die after it's pretty fun. <laughs> Love that dynamic too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of the movie, the witch, which I, Oh, hell yeah. 
have seen a couple times. The first time, though, I kind of may have ruined it for myself and for others in the theater because um, I ingested some legal Canadian edibles. <laughs> and uh, the because they have the traditional like way of speaking, like, come hither and okay. all that type of thing. I went from like being horrified one second to laughing my <laughs> ass off the next second when they're talking nice. and then just being horrified. Like it's terrifying, again. but, but it when was a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, it's, it's too much to handle. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And I don't think the people around us in the theater were very happy that we were on such a journey. That's really funny. I can't say I know anything about this film that you've mentioned. That's <laughs> Robert Eggers. Fantastic personally not a fan of horror movies so yeah I, I had a brief period where 13 ghosts was my favorite movie and that really uh really got the ball rolling on realizing how bad 13 ghosts was as a movie for one <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of how full of shit those holy like you start digging down those holes that kind of like led like the Blair Witch marketing and 13 ghosts had the same kind of attempted viral marketing of like oh this stuff's all really true and like right. even as uh wanting to believe it teenagers scratching that surface was like you know this is all bullshit <laughs> and I don't know how much I can suspend right. my disbelief yeah <laughs> there's a limit yeah it was like I didn't paranormal activity I do that too as well um just like try to no that one's all true try to- <laughs> Oh, well, in that case, uh, that's me <laughs> shut down, I guess. <laughs> Bet you believe now, don't you? I personally was a big fan of The Craft with Feruza Balk. <laughs> yeah, shout out. Good film. Actually, that was a pretty classic one at the at the time. <laughs> it was a pretty intense film. Um, What's your thoughts on Sabrina? <laughs> you know, I started watching that new, that newer one, that, um, however many years it came out now, but uh, with, uh, uh, what's her name, Sheeran, Sheeran Kipka? Kipka? Um, something like that. Uh, Kieran and Shipka, I think is, is what it is actually. Uh, and, uh, I thought it was pretty neat, uh, as I was watching it. I don't think I quite finished it, but, um, uh, I remember my sister, I remember my sisters watching the, the Melissa Joan Hart show a lot when we were younger. And, um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Charmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a big Salem guy, you know, the cat Salem from Sabrina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That uh, puppetry does not hold up well. <laughs> I have not seen it, but I'd love to see like, um, what do you call it when they mash it up on YouTube and there's just like a power edit or whatever? Uh, a, pow- Anyways, a power edit? Of like just good, <laughs> you know, something. Mass- Scott really showing it's his age on this one. Is that what happens? Is that what happens when Jason <laughs> Duncan do edits, but like hot soup, like too much caffeine, <laughs> just power editing? Yeah, well, yeah. A little peek behind the curtains. Uh, power edits are when I do hippie speed balls, which is just a bunch of coffee and bong rips. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, I want to see a Salem mashup. Is what I'm saying. Uh, a Salem and uh, and uh, Thackeray Binks mashup. How about that? You just made that name up, didn't you? No, that's from Hocus Pocus. Remember Hocus Pocus? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I know. I remember it. Uh, I remember watching it a lot as a kid, and I cannot remember a single scene or line from that movie. Oh, man. I I I absolutely love that movie. I did rewatch it this last Halloween, and it, it holds up in a really weird way. It's just a cult classic. It's so dumb. It's so funny. It's just a really... It's really a... 
at its at its heart, it's a physical comedy. That's all it is. <laughs> and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is actually really funny in it. <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out, Jessica Parker. Shout out, great in Ed Wood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of uh, things that are witchy, I don't know. Um, you've got a new character. <laughs> Yikes! Best segue ever. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I'm, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Did a lot of forward thinking prep this last little while. I kind of forget where we left off, but I'm pretty sure it was just straight up with, you know, you meeting James' new character in the barracks. In the barracks? No, in Galentine Deliveries. Outside of Galentine's. Um, and I don't really remember what has been laid down at uh, said character's feet as far as information goes. Um, but... Um, yeah, we're uh, basically, um, I think the itinerary here we're starting back in here with is um, probably getting said said character up to speed and taking some uh, taking some much needed, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, removing some much needed weight from the inventory, I guess is the phrase I'm looking for. And uh, it's certainly uh, re- the retrieval of, um, of uh, Lady Gilda. Uh, from her uh, very brutal and sad demise that I'm sure I'm as as this gets out, I'm getting a lot of flack for. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, some jerk, <laughs> not to name any names, Vol- came along and killed Lady yeah. Gilda. And it was not at all the fault of a different player character who may or may not have set off that combat early <laughs> before any of us could heal. Could not be that person's fault. Which we're... Don't know who is, that person is, is, but it's not Which is fault. what Scott has been telling himself for weeks now. <laughs> Just so he can sleep at night. <laughs> it sounds especially good in the shower amongst yeah. the tears. Yeah. I mean... I don't really care because I could dare to this one scot-free, so... Uh, oh. You're both oh. guilty. Brutal. Uh, well, um, I guess the uh, to a degree, the floor is yours and how you want to start this episode on, on some. I guess we're we're doing some housekeeping here in a way. Um, what do you what do you what do you fellas thinking? Well, Kraka does not need three sets of leather armor. One <laughs> of them being Wolfjaw. So, <laughs> oh yeah, your new getting, Wolfjaw shedding armor. some layers. So ridiculous. Shedding, I love it. Yeah. Oh man, he's cutting the figure, that's for sure. <laughs> and he's going to cut down his arsenal, I think, by quite a bit because um, he does not use much. Hold on to the silver hatchet because who knows what undead and silver affected things are down there. Yep. Hold on to his butchering axe. Uh, get rid of the loot. Or, uh... <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> That's sweet plus one battle loot. He's all thumbs, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I normally play in drop D. <laughs> some poor some poor minstrel gave up their musical career for you to have that loot. You're just going to toss it away. Yeah, well. Music is a dying art. Um, <laughs> get, rid of the, get rid of the striking gaff as well, because there's no uh, vaudeville show going on anytime soon. <laughs> I think he's good to go. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. That's good. That uh, for the record listeners, 
Krucka was very much encumbered with his new armor and inventory, so that's uh, that's going to help that a lot. Um, no more reduction to AC for you. Uh, two lock. Yeah, I mean, behind the scenes here, listeners, I have slid everything from my uh, bag of holding and inventory into what we call the party loot 2.0. <laughs> um, where since I don't think we need any money right now, it can sit. And you know what? That might just exist in Tulok's caravan, and it's chilling, hoping that no one breaks in. <laughs> it's now probably especially protected by the. Uh by the vendors and proprietor of the Otari market, uh, given your heroics in saving the town at least a couple times now. And if we do want to sell maybe the treasure very quickly, just to spice it mm-hmm. up a little bit, treasure sells for 100% of its worth, right? Yeah. And each one of these rare silver pieces, I believe, there are they four gold a piece or four gold total? Uh, I... I the believe they're pieces. four gold a piece. Perfect. Math. 247. There we go. Hey, <laughs> so if- <laughs> that could be the wrong answer. You had like nobody had knows what you were just added together. <laughs> yeah, four times whatever Scott wants. <laughs> Damn, I should have added some. 247. Nailed it. Because I'm not really sure what you did there. 247. But uh Gold for, coins for all the for the rare, all the rare pieces. Oh, all for the all treasure. the treasure. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say because just for the pieces, it's only fifty two. <laughs> but but okay. <laughs> well, I was trying to add the fifty two okay, gotcha. to yeah. the rest of it. That's where. Hey, if you can get one ninety five plus fifty two one forty seven in under ten seconds, you're smarter than me. Uh, I cannot. So there's that. Shout out me. Okay. <laughs> so 247, you said? Yeah. Perfect. And then we just have some various like weapons and armor and like healers, tools, climbing bolts, which I think we don't need the money right now, anyways. We can just hold on to that because with this party makeup, one of us might die immediately and want some of that. Mm. It's almost guaranteed. Uh, is there like some kind of investment portfolio we can open? Hmm. I'm sorry. I was double checking that math. Can you ask that question again? <laughs> yeah, I saw you looking at your phone over there. <laughs> what? You didn't believe well, me? Uh, just no. Actually, if anything, I was double checking that Foundry calculated it right because we had a bit of an issue off mic about some of the calculations. So I just wanted to make sure because <laughs> I just did an automated button. Let's get we're serious. not going to bother selling any of the equipment for now. Is what you're saying? Okay. Yeah, fuck it. So you get about 328 gold in the old party loot there, um, uh, which, I mean, its value is significantly increased since you're not sharing that with a recent, recently deceased member. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps uh, this new member will uh, earn their keep and get a, a portion share of that. Wow, that just seemed like the most prickish way to Well, I'm not here to play nice all the time. Um, that out of the way... What do you do? What do you feel? You've definitely you've done the rounds a bit here in town. Um, in in getting some of the some of the, I guess some of the stress and issue of of what's going on off your backs. Um, you had a chat with um, Rain at the very least, and and had some time to yourselves. You've met this new character who is 
introduce themselves. I don't even know if we had the conversation of whether or not they're joining you. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, so let's say that you, you're selling these goods off. To some degree, perhaps you are paying uh, uh, Aloria Galantine to, um, to expedite this for you in a way. Look, we have shit to do. Can you just run these around town? You know, do us a favor. And Aloria is super down to do that because you're the goddamn heroes of Otari. You know, like, hell yeah. Don't sweat it. I'll waive the courier fees. I got you, you know, I, could, I couldn't imagine being in your shoes kind of shit. Um, and that leaves you with uh, your new companion, I suppose. Um, and heading back towards the gauntlet, perhaps. Well, it's time now to return. Zori, I can't imagine why you're here. Or maybe I can. Have you come to see where Samal lived? Maybe engage in some part of his life? Or have you interest in following us into the depths where he fell? How well did you know my Samal? I can't say I knew him long. Though we both had stalls in the same marketplace, we spoke occasionally. He was a a quiet man, a a strong man, but he had these bouts of vengeance within him that were just something beautiful to behold. Is that why you're here? I'm not here to mourn him. I am here to destroy what destroyed him. This is... Purely, simply, and beautifully an act of vengeance, Mr. Sage Tulok. I am here with a single purpose, and that is to put everything down that even kind of stood in his way. He deserves at least that much from me. He does. And looking at you, I feel like you can give him that. We didn't know him long, but... We knew him in the way that you only know someone once you've gone to battle. Once you've seen things that change you forever. We experienced those things together, albeit short. And my Samal was a warrior. He was. I am glad that you got to see that of him. And Raphael spoke very highly of your abilities and uh, the the, the past physic. Yes. And your new traveling companion, Kraka here, looks like he would be very dangerous as well. Dangerous and smart. He is very multi-talented. Well, I look forward to to see that if you would, of course, take me along with you. Please, of course we will. We, We need all the help we can get. With Lady Gilda falling, we are desperately outnumbered. I mean, two or three against however many we have, we're always outnumbered, but every single person we bring down is a help. Ah, did you hear that, my love? We are outnumbered. Our backs are against the walls. Yes, I know. Ah, just like Nex, just like Cheliax, just like all the old times. Oh, never mind. Perhaps if I was here... Well, you'd still be among us in a more 
permanent fashion. She like speaks kind of chin up to this guy, eyes closed. Like she's very clearly talking to this guy and Samal at the same time. I have a mm. quick question. Uh, do, has Azori been to Otari or have they always met in Absalom? They've always met in Absalom. First time here. So, And honestly, she has no interest in Otari. Like It's kind of a port city, but she is here for one sole purpose, and that is vengeance. And she is excited about yeah. it. <laughs> I got that vibe. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> quick question. Did Samal ever make it down a level or did he die no. before we corpse lights went, baby yeah in the chapel but we never went down in episode six i'm <laughs> pretty sure it was <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ so yeah. i'm actually working on a database of all of our episodes and like the titles episode descriptions oh, and what um, <laughs> like key factors yep so yeah it was it was very early on we I, th- I think it may have been like our second encounter inside of the keep like we yep. spent the first, I think it was episode four where we did where we finally went into Gauntlet. I think it was p- possibly the third or fourth, I would say, because the very first yeah. room you went into, you had an encounter, and then you went into the, you got across the bridge, you went into, or no, you uh, you left across the river, you went around instead, uh, and then I think you fought yeah. some mitflits in there as well, so that would have been number two, but then from. That's where Samal threw Yeah, but then from time. there, it, it, I think it quickly went into the, you found a secret door and yada, yada, yada. There might have been one in between. But. Uh, well, there was the boss, boss Strong. Mm-hmm. Like, he ruthlessly murdered Oh, boss in that case, yeah, Boss Strong. So there would have been, yeah, there would have been several, several fights, I think, okay. before. Um, yeah, now that I think about it. That was a great kill. <laughs> I, I, that made me so excited for Samal. Yeah. He had such a bright future ahead of him. Izori is just as ready. Uh, uh, Azori's the the first character I've ever played who like truly hates. Like I'm gonna be leaning into the 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 emotion hate. Like with Gilda, it was hope. Right. Um, with Samal, it was like stoicism and and knowledge is power. Like that was his whole build. Um, with with Prowl, it was you know uh, quiet confidence. And with Azori, it's just gonna be this unhinged rage. Uh, well, this unhinged vengeance. Prowl being a Starfinder character, listeners. Can we have a peek, potential peek behind the curtains? Not that alignment exists in Pathfinder anymore, I'm pretty sure, but what her alignment is? Uh, she's true neutral. She's a, she's a patron of Abadar, being a merchant who owns her own boat. Uh, it's easiest not to ask a lot of questions when presented with dubious scenarios if you want to get a paycheck on the inner sea. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Un- Andrew Shout understands out. the balance of commerce, if nothing else. Uh, that's probably a true balance, correct? Which fits nicely with a with a true neutral. Loves to laugh. Um, all right. Well, so Tulak gives Izore a look and says, "Well, if it's vengeance you're here for, you'll find plenty of it in the Abomination Vaults." And then up comes the title. <laughs> <laughs> Stemming the tide. <laughs> Is Zori's blood tide? <laughs> they drew first blood. Crimson wave. Stemming the tide. Colon. This time it's personal. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's fucking go. <laughs> so you head to L'Abomination Evolts. That's French listeners. No. 
Oui. <laughs> I'm pretty sure none of those words are. <laughs> I <French>. said Alabamas <laughs> Nation. Come on now. Alabamas. <laughs> Alabamination right, is L apostrophe, <laughs> making it one word. You've, you've you shut, laugh, your not you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. You're talking to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we shall. That's that's be quiet. Don't kill my newest character. <laughs> we speak French in my kitchen. <laughs> no matter how broken. All right. So you're heading uh, heading back to the abomination vaults. You go in the the usual front ways, with the the probably the very scary prospect of showing Azuri where Samal fell. We're probably not going to point it out or anything. Well, that's exactly what we do. I yeah. She absolutely wants to see that. Yeah. I. I think Tulak is a hundred percent taking her to where Samal fell. So I just, uh, as you as you cross the bridge out of town and you loop around and you're going to uh, you know towards the Stone Ring Pond along the main road and then onto the tra- the Gaunt Trail with your march, perhaps one if not all of you will notice that down the cliff as you go, you can see Rin standing outside of her circle of stones, looking up at you as you walk by, with a rather I guess, terrified look on her face. I can drop that on us right now. Izori winks to, uh, winks to Rin. <laughs> and Rin just like, yeah, we'll just get right back into her, into her hovel. Um, there is, there is a, a tension, an unspoken tension, um, and understanding between her and Azori, it might seem. Tulak turns, having seen this to Azori and says, have you met Rin? She was a friend of Samal, I believe. A good friend, if I am to understand my love perfectly. But I have not met her so much as uh, we have touched the same stars, you could say. She has a good part of the reason why I made landfall when I did. I felt, felt her. She reached out and spoke to me over the vast distance of the caravan. Hmm. Yes, she has powers beyond my knowledge. Perhaps when we come back, we should meet her. She's an astounding woman. I'm sure we would have much to discuss if she could see past my... uh... (laughs) She just kind of trails off. Just leave it dangling. <laughs> yeah, Tulak kind of cocks an eyebrow, I think. <laughs> I love it. So, because at this point, Tulak has no idea what the fuck Izori is all about. Like, yeah, I mean, she's scared. I think she's kind of scary, and she's got a sword, and that's all he really knows. Yeah, she's a mature woman. She's dressed like a sailor. You know, she's she looks like a swashbuckler. Air of confidence, right? Oh yeah, like like just an undeniable air of just not not arrogance confidence yeah. right yeah and if you look closely like you can see that her her doublet's been patched like quite a few times like and it's not like you know here's a, like the elbows have been worn it's like there's a puncture wound directly <laughs> below her heart like like that kind of patch but they're 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 patched really well yeah. it's like a high quality high quality shirt or coat <laughs> but it's been patched expertly but it shows every trophy yeah. injury possible. <laughs> yeah. There's like slashes down her side and stuff. Like it's it's very clearly been a battle worn coat. <laughs> I love it. So I see you took some levels in crafting. <laughs> or was it low <laughs> lore seamstress? 
No, 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 no. My first mate is, uh, he's quite skilled with a needle, but above and beyond that, you know, keep the economy running. Why not pay a seamstress if I can afford the pence to, uh, to darn my jackets? There's no reason I need to take that time myself. So she's, she's a captain of her own ship and has been for like 35 years at this point. So she is very familiar with the power of delegation and I'm going to try and play into that. As a small business owner, Tulak is uh, impressed and continues. Heck, as a small business owner, Freeman's impressed. <laughs> what does Tulak sell again? Fortunes. Lies. <laughs> Snake oil. Fortunes. Fortunes. It, it kind of lies because... Izori's going to show you up in a way that I don't know if you're ready for. Considering genuine prophecy... Genuine prophecy died with Aridin, so it's it's pretty much lies. <laughs> yeah, because it's just BS that like the fortune teller uh, archetype or uh, background literally gives you fuck all. Yeah, lore fortune telling. Well, it, right. at the Great. very least, it gives you something you can earn an income on, but we've never really bothered to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, lies. <laughs> Though I like to think in my mind that he actually does know some shit. Rolling them bones. Smoking them bones. Mm. Crazy bones. Remember crazy bones? All right. Well, I brought you to, if you if you want to happen to want to use this map, I brought you to the um, the Gauntlet Ruins map here. God, this map looks good. Shout out, Narky. Yeah. And we actually haven't really visited this map uh, since it got redone again. Um, and it's fucking beautiful. It's so good. Also, we never figured out what was going on with that patch of blood. No, you did not. <laughs> what patch of blood? In the in the lighthouse. The yeah. one in the lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Probably not important. I mean, we're high enough level that we can probably roll a check on it. True. Fortune telling lore? Okay. <laughs> Automatic critical fail (laughs) every time. (laughs) Bookbinding lore. This was a paper cut. (laughs) (laughs) The worst I've ever seen. Okay, so as they enter the gauntlet, mists of the marsh, the marsh around them, Tulak leads his two companions in and walks them through into the chapel. And just silently as he goes and gets in there and turns his back. The walls with the skulls with moss in them and all that behind him. I believe pictures of graveyards and spirits on the wall. And he turns to Izori and says, In this place of pure evil, home to immense prayer to a god that does not even recognize his her subjects this is where Samal fell to savage creatures whose only driving force was to consume his body and use it for their own I'm sorry that we could not defend him I'm sorry that we could not keep him up he died to save us And this is where we took him from. 
Izori like immediately gravitates to this single like stone where Samal fell. She kneels down and just gently brushes her fingers along the cold stone. And <laughs> you just hear as she does so. The, the mewing, like m- maybe you, you can pin it down as the mewing of a cat. Um, but when you say you couldn't protect him, she just she just erupts in this this feverish laugh. No, no, Sage Tulak. He was old and out of practice. My Samal should have been able to protect himself. But it is a pity, and I mourn the loss of my love. But Sammy, stop it. She, like, tugs on her sleeves a little bit. Uh, Tulak cocks an eyebrow. <laughs> Does he see a cat? No, so, uh, behind her gloves are these, like, nebulous, like, they're, they're all, like, empty cuffs and they're kind of nebulous. Um, but her gloves, uh, work all the way up to it, so no, he does not see a cat. Okay. He just leaves her to whatever she's doing. Her insanity. (laughs) Her possible insanity. Yeah, she's definitely not 100% there in the way that most people are, but she's also seen some shit in every aspect of the word that could possibly be understood. Uh, So she straightens up, and I, I think after just seeing it being here, feeling his the last place where he drew breath, uh, she's ready to move on. So Tulak giving her some time sees that she's kind of prepared herself. He looks, understands what's going on, takes a deep breath himself because this was a rough time for him too, though he barely knew Samal at the time. Takes a deep breath, turns, and continues out of the room. Trek is pretty oblivious and is just looking around like it looks a lot bigger on the inside. <laughs> and even despite that, uh, Tulak being probably the maybe the most shook, you know, uh, by the revisit being this is the first place everything really went got down and got real serious. You know, um, but uh, Kruka and uh, Zori um, can't help but notice. Um, for all the moisture and moss and mold in this room, there is one patch that is a little more fresh and lively of moss and growth than before. Likely the spot in which Samal's blood was so exuberantly spilt. Is that the right word for that? It sounded right. <laughs> Exuberantly? No, that's uh, good. Nobody was really celebrating at the time. But... Yeah, hey, let's spill some fucking blood, baby. So terrifically yeah, spilled. That's expressing joy because it can't be contained. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. Talk about painting the town red. Uh, what says, uh, filled with or characterized by a lively energy and excitement. That's not necessarily happy. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds like a quote, so let's get the fuck out of here. 
Also doesn't sound like the word you would use to explain somebody bleeding to death <laughs> in a dark church. You sick Well, at fuck. least I could call myself out. <laughs> but anyways, Krak is really impressed by that nice, vibrant death moss. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's at least no. exuberantly growing. Only yeah. some real suffering can make growth like that happen. That's a good one. Uh, all right. Uh, where to next? Down. Down. Heading through. Can we just hand wave the introduction to Agro? <laughs> uh, up to you guys. <laughs> we skip past. You skip past all the levels, okay. uh, giving a brief, uh, brief synopsis of what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a long walk and talk scene from the West Wing, but it's them going through the entire plot point up until then. <laughs> yeah, because we've had to do this for several characters so far. I think that you know, Tulak. Tulak's got the welcome speech down pat. Yeah, he's got his elevator pitch on why you should join us in trying to defeat this evil. We do things a little different around here. <laughs> we like to synergize our energy. <laughs> no, I don't I don't expect you to go through every nook and cranny, that's for sure. All right. So, heading back to the quote-unquote arena level where you have your um, most recent safe haven. Um, which is near Shafchim's room and the teleportation circle thereof. You know you have uh, a couple of directions to go from that area, so I've brought you uh, around there. And Shafchim's ghosted at this point, yeah? Uh, Yes, Shafchim is gone. Has been for a bit now. What did he give you guys? I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) Guff, more than anything. So he left behind some maps of this floor and the floor below uh, and what what the rooms were effectively originally meant for, which could give you some insight on what to expect ahead. You don't know. Not worth the paper he was made out of. Uh, also left behind an amazing scroll um, for Tulak, effectively. <laughs> or Tulak can put to use for a compelled true name. Oh, right. I forgot about that. That was great. Call it bullshit. You're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Scott? If you were, If you were a witch... I would say you're familiar as a dusty caterpillar, and it sits on your upper lip. Well, the rank cologne of envy is strong <laughs> on you, sir. <laughs> you're right. My stash game's weak. <laughs> so weak. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what you want to do from this area, this level. G- give me your details here, hair peeps. Well, basically, I think that Tulok is going to continue southwards, go lead them down the stairs into the room where they killed the eyeless creature. And then they're essentially stealthing into the workshop just to see, I don't know, avoiding notice and avoiding Volok. Because they don't know if he's there. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Is he back in the machine? Hopefully, very cautiously heading towards the uh, the. Um, oh God, I can't. Th- I, I, per usual, I can't think of words. Exuberant <laughs> workshop. <laughs> I was thinking more like the the horrible battleground uh, or some such uh, description. Uh, but yeah, towards the laboratory, the bloodbath arena. Uh, Izori will avoid notice. I'm avoiding notice. 
Uh, so you, you come down the stairs into the room where you fought the, this dragon, the eyeless creature. Uh, you loop around towards those double doors that led to that long stretch that led to the laboratory. And as you come around to peek into that hallway where you last saw Volok and you last saw Lady Gilda, it is um, it is marred by the magic and destruction and and um, and battle that you remember. And there is the lifeless body of Lady Gilda simply lying there. Tulak will... Tulak will enter the hallway, avoiding notice the whole time, and will draw the Staff of Necromancy and continue to Lady Gilda's body. If nothing has happened at that point, he takes a knee beside Lady Gilda, rests a hand on her shoulder, and says, Gilda, our protector, our shield, and our fist. I'm so sorry to see you this way, and so sorry that you've gone down in combat and never get to return to your homelands. See your father. Show him what you've done. He knows you earned those golden epaulets. But you had so much more to give. And he just casts um, Gentle Repose. And with a gentle jangle of those epaulets and her armor, a little scrape of the shield as you pulse this magic through her body. The gaunt and even almost bluish hue to her skin goes back to resembling something a little more alive. Something a little less distressing. As you almost pull away some of the natural decomposition happening into something more stable. Okay. Let's get down to business. Who's rolling on the wayfinder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're rolling for the we're rolling Sorry. for the loot. <laughs> Here we go. James is not laughing. <laughs> I'm good. I got a better okay. one. <laughs> I know you Brooks do. Are building I a level that. seven character. Kraka, uh, you and me. Yep, let's do it, bud. J- Bear in mind your how many invested items you already have so far. Like you, uh, you can only hold so many. So I've got a nine, middling as fuck, less than even. Uh, flat, flat roll there. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, it is <laughs> flat roll there, dunk. Yeah, I mean technically, but go fuck yourself. I also get a nine, but with a one in front. Oh. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 19. You son of a bitch. Yeah, suck it, burn. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I don't know. I just had to get one out there. It's, it's been a while. Uh, all right. Wayfinder, all right. Wayfinder goes to Krukka with the pearly white uh, stone. Freeman, can you please put in my inventory? Yes. Corlock's contract. Okay. Yeah. Round key, four prong key, tarnish key, 
Volux papers. We throw these all in your backpack or your bag of holding? Bag of holding is fine. Eat the loot, Duffy. Eat the loot. Volux papers and journal. Uh, so that leaves a bracelet of dashing, which are one action plus one to acrobatics and a 10 foot movement speed for one minute. Yeah. Um, how many items invested does Krukka have? Because you are welcome to that if you. He currently has two. What's. Where's. Uh... Two. You've got six. <laughs> six. You've got six out of 10. Uh, if you look under your equipment. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, so you've got a ring of discretion, ring of the ram, crafter's eyepiece, wayfinder, um, also your hand wraps and your armor. Krucker, you can take that because you're kind of in moving in and out of combat more. If you want to go for those bracelets, you go ahead. Yeah. All right. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of weird because like the cap, there's a cap there and it turns into as you get higher and get more items, you actually have to pick and choose which ones you want to bring with you. So you want to save some sometimes, but generally you have to, you have to kind of eventually hit a point where you pick and choose what's going to suit you the best at the time. Okay. Well, he will take them. I took the healer's tools and the uh, thieves' tools, and I kind of yep. want the hunter's brooch again, but you guys tell me. I mean, that's fine with Tulok, though the hunter's brooch is... That's one of the four. Um, that one comes with the the caveat yeah. of it's supposed to be returned to to Merriman Hemes. So that's something you might want to relate yeah. to her. Yeah, Tulak sitting over Lady Gilda's body as they're kind of solemnly passing out these items. Says to Azori, if there's anything here that you need and think will help you to get your vengeance, please do not hesitate to ask. However, this one item, well, two of these items, the hunter's brooch and the cooperative blade must go back to their original owner's families. So you may use them for now if you want. And the Golden Legion epaulets earned by Lady Gilda, they go back to her father. And I am firm on that. I have no interest in allying myself with the military of Andor, so the Golden Legion epaulets should stay with the young woman the brooch i find intriguing there is something that's drawing me to it as is the shine on that that scale (laughs) interesting um you are welcome to both i would say that i mean it would probably be pretty clear that Zori would be intimately familiar with the symbol of a rastal being someone who sails the high seas. Um, and I, I would argue even without a check that you've definitely seen a dragon turtle scale before. Uh, uh, yeah. I was playing under that yeah. assumption as well, but it's, she is not a greedy woman, um, but she, she wants her, her keep and none of this is her keep. So he's kind of leaving this to Tulak. Yeah. He gave you the go ahead. Does Krukka have any interest in the hand wraps? Krukka already has his own hand wraps. So unless he goes full Goro, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I vote full gore. <laughs> I, if the option was there, I would take it. I wish I hadn't said that because I'm going to be thinking about it all day. Or Skittermander if we're in this universe. We just need to find a real good alchemist. <laughs> they release like a, an orc mutation ancestry feat. <laughs> you get two extra. <laughs> the remaster's right around the corner. Everybody right into Paizo. Tell them we need Goros. <laughs> He's just a hairless man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, What'd you call me? <laughs> it's a Starfinder creature. So I guess Tulok turns to them after they've finished defiling and ravaging the corpse. And uh, okay, that sounded way worse. <laughs> I just meant, I was trying to think of a bad way to say stealing. There's one for the blackmail folder. <laughs> defiling. Wait, no. I will take the bottled air and the cooperative blade can go into uh, the bag of holding. Sword Swallower Duffy. <laughs> this one's large. No, I like the cooperative blade, but it's it's essentially... it. My, my rapier is more for my build. So. Hmm. Mm. More of a pirate thing anyways. Yeah. And it has, and it, and, it, and it does some things. And it does some things. <laughs> okay. And then the rest of this equipment can all be sold within town, but I'm just saying you can just sit there for now, right? While we take Carrie Lady Gilda. Okay. So now that they've finished collecting all the items and casting gentle repose, Tulak turns to his companions and says, there's nothing more we can do here other than bring her out. But in the meantime... There's other things that we need to look at first. And he kind of has been looking over Lady Gilda's body down the hall to the item that Volok threw. Because Tulak is fucking interested in whatever that weird mm-hmm. thing is. And he moves straight for it. Oh, serpentine. Serpentine. <laughs> it, uh, it really... Uh, it really... Th- Threw you for a loop in the middle of that battle in a really weird way. Um, so you have a boo at this this item. Uh, it is basically uh, a handheld, but like pretty pretty solidly sized, like um, like magic eight ball size, but like it's a polyhedron um, with ten facets that are slightly varied in design and color. There was meticulous metal work uh, uh, that formed the seams, and they're all inscribed with runes uh, lining each side of each facet. And there's actually, you didn't notice this in the middle of the combat, but there's a very convenient label tag that is affixed to one corner. Uh, like, just like a, literally a, a, a sturdy string and like a paper tag. It's all kind of scuffed and everything. Um, and it simply reads dimensional incarnate enclosure and this damn yeah (laughs) and this is uh actually a wonderful item provided by one of our patrons and who which is uh takale and they actually drew a picture oh (laughs) that's sick oh that's fucking cool looking I love the pun. <laughs> What's the pun? 
It's a single die, <laughs> two-sided die. We worked hard on that. Dimensional incarnate enclosure. <laughs> die. <Love it>. Die. <laughs> Otherwise known as Volux die. And it basically, within each of the facets, to a degree, you can see that the, there is a silhouette of some unknown creature. And some of the facets are actually more murky than others. And so the shape is really hard to make out. And so, and the ones that are clearer, you can see show behind said silhouette are intricate cogs and gears and instrumentation that are held within the device. There is one facet, however, that is damaged beyond repair, you can, which you can see in the artwork. And it shows nothing but an inky blackness inside. You can't even, can't even quite see the, uh, the gears. And in addition to that, there are actually two of the facets that appear to be incomplete with only half of the runes uh, along those uh, those seams that are completed. The Effectively, there's a certain amount of this item that will be revealed as you use it. However, there are some vague instructions along this label that will help you understand how it's used. You can basically spend two actions to roll the die, which is an interact action. And once per charge... Uh, you shake and roll the polyhedron and roll it up to 30 feet away. The effect is from this thing is determined by the facet that faces upwards at the end of the roll. So you roll a d10 to see what happens. You can, however, also use a reaction, which is called Toy with Fate, which is an envision and fortune effect. And you can push the limits of chance at a cost. And the polyhedron tips just a little further to land on an adjacent facet instead of the original. You can only tip to the adjacent facet on the same hemi of the original side of the number. So if you have a D10 in front of you, you can kind of like, you can roll it one side to another, but not across sort of the hemi of the, the two hemispheres or hemi, hemi sides, as it were. This thing can only be charged in the sunlight via the, the glass that it's made from. So it basically filters sunlight into it to power it. And that gives it one charge. So every time you use it, you have to find a way to recharge it in the sunlight again. Not very convenient, but the potential of power, I, I, won't, I won't understate it. <laughs> it's, it can be really, really useful. Is there a sunlight spell we can use? So Volok had never used it before. There are sunlight spells. I don't know if you have any. Oh, Kruka has tons. <laughs> I bet he does. That makes sense. I was just trying to sass Freeman because I was like, oh, so Volok only ever used it once because that motherfucker hasn't been up there. That you know <laughs> of. <laughs> I know. Volok, Volok has looped behind you at some point because how else would he have gotten down to this level if it weren't for you destroying the barrier? Or maybe he did anyway. That son of a bitch. Or he might have gone through <laughs> You don't know. No, no. You don't know. <laughs> Who ever thought, though? Um... So it has to be it has to be uh, it has to filter sunlight through uh, for a minimum of one hour before it can be used again. The downside to the toy with fate is that it changes the fortune effect of this item to a misfortune effect, which means the next time it rolls, it will toy with fate itself to balance the opposite way to something worse. Now, something worse might not be what you think. It may be what you think. You're not really sure. You actually kind of have to use this item to figure out what it will do. However, what I will tell you is uh, what is clear and what is murky uh, right now and what you kind of see within it. 
if you're ready. I'm also, by the way, I'm going to uh, that can make this easier for you if you want to follow along. And I'm going to throw this into Tulux inventory um, so that you can actually see what I'm what I'm reading from. On one side, the broken side, it looks like it was once once uh, uh, covered with a beautiful red glass. And you see nothing but that smashed glass and inky blackness within. On another side, it's green and it's quite uh, clear. And you see a crab-like arachnid. On another side, it is pink and clear. And there is some sort of amorphous blob. On the orange side, there is nothing except for, as you look a little bit longer, the occasional glimpse of a skull-like shape. There is a black side in which you can see an eerily still tornado with thin arms and clawed hands, which very, very starkly reminds you of exactly the creature that popped out when Volok used it. And then finally, on a blue side, there is a swirling vortex of tendrils ending in seven-fingered needled hands. And then what's on the other three? Uh, the other three, or the other four actually are more, what am I at here? Um... There is a purple side that's murky. You can't quite make out what's there. There's a gray side that's murky, mm-hmm. a yellow, and a white. But you can't mm. you can't quite make out what's in them. Interesting. This thing's scary. Uh, I am here for every bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. I'm just, I'm just scared. <laughs> Tulak is looking at it very closely and eyeing up each side, and he just holds it in front of him and says, "Zori, have you ever seen anything like this in your travels? What check would you like, Game Master? Mm. Uh, best you could do is uh, occult, or yeah, I think occult's the the main one." I mean, you kind of get, did you not give us everything or I was just more RPing? Me too. I don't know if Zori's ever seen it. Ah. I want to roll to know if I've ever. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So instead of me making that call, I figured I'd let Freeman make that decision <laughs> for me. Uh, uh, so Zori rolled 20. Never seen anything like it. Uh, Tulak. 26, you're a master in occultism. You've also never seen anything like this. This is an extremely unique item. However, something stands out to you, and it is the incarnate side of these things. That means something uh, to uh, not just you, but to to certain spellcasters of a certain knowledge. Incarnate is uh, a trait in mechanical terms applied to very certain spells. Um, And... While you don't understand this item and how it functions, you do understand that incarnate spells uh, basically summon in incarnates of creatures, not a proper summon or conjuration spell, so much as like this weird facsimile that you, that that brings out a benefit to the caster with seldom, uh, with little to to no control over the incarnate, but it will effectively do something when it arrives and then do something when it departs weird uh but i'm not going to give you more until you until you put it to use no minion trait it sounds like okay 
So Tulak gripping it just kind of says, I think I'll hold on to this. I'd like to learn more of its power and slides it into his, uh, underneath his cloak. Slides into his jock strap. Into his cod piece. And then he heads south. <laughs> Ooh, that broken part sharp. Ooh. And just for the record, Takale was like, I wonder what James is going to think. And I was like, I bet you he's going to think it's awesome. <laughs> and then James is like, I'm here for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... I I think we talked about her briefly last episode where I revealed that she's a witch. <laughs> but her patron is fate, so that means her witch cantrip is nudge fate, which essentially means once in a one-minute span I can add plus one to kind of whatever oh, yeah. the fuck I want. Uh, meaning I could theoretically use it on Tulak in, in assistance with this to theoretically give it a fortune. Effect. Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I, I also have to look into it. I'm yeah still still very new at, at, at being a witchy woman. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's a neat little it's it's a neat little hex mm-hmm. cantrip as a as my patron being fate. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right. Heading into the room. Oh, also, sorry, James, that I didn't Tulak didn't offer it to uh, Izori, but that's not happening. Yeah, honestly, you just met this woman, and this is an object of immense power that that yeah. um, <laughs> uh, contributed to the death of your ally. I'm not surprised you didn't. A- offer it to this complete stranger who just claims to have known somebody that you knew kind of-ish. exactly amazing to be like if cam's partner showed up and you were like here's a million dollars speaking of cam for the record cam helped me uh balance this item uh and worked with me while i worked with takale so shout out takale shout out cam I'm I'm pretty dubious of the word balance in that yeah. sentence. <laughs> given their given their penchant for character deaths, that's French listeners. Um, that's twice this episode. Nailed it. Nailed it is uh, doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Uh, for the audio listeners, we're all shaking our head at Freeman. <laughs> okay, fists too. Tulak comes into the room and is going to investigate the machine. Not Bert Kreischer. It's going to bypass. And Volek comes jumping out again. You're all dead. <laughs> Obviously not. But yeah, you head up to the machine. The machine is a really, really strange, like, contraption. Something you've, like, like the likes of which you've never seen. Um, Very um, steampunky, I would say, is how I imagine it in my head. Um, uh, it uh, seems to no longer be running. There's lots of, like... Lots of tubes, lots of copper, steam still jutting out every once in a while. It's like got this sort of, um, this sort of like horizontal cylinder. I think almost like an iron lung. That's how I imagine it, with like this porthole in it um, that uh, uh, that would normally hold like whatever person or thing or creature you are flesh warping within. Bubble boy. Yeah. One hell of a coffee maker. <laughs> Um, has anyone ever played uh, Deponia, the point-and-click game? 
No. Okay. Nope. No. So 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 talk about it at length. It's like great. There's this ridiculous ridiculous uh, machine that's like a basically a giant like uh, obscure looking pipe organ that turns out to just to be an espresso maker. Uh, anyway, <laughs> any listeners are familiar with that, they'll get that. It's a good one. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah, it's a uh, it's something very uh, alien, for lack of a better word. Um, you can tell right away that this is operating it is beyond your comprehension. But Tulak, you know, I've just rolled a cult for you, and you know that this is. Um, it's related to flesh warping. It is occult machinery. It uses necromantic energies. It even has ambient energy that could be affecting the place around it. Um, and you even suspect that that ambient energy could be going not just among around this room, not just on this level. It could be expanding out towards other levels, affecting things. Um, probably not for the better. Does it look like something that I could destroy? Yes, I think you you I think you can work your way around dismantling it. Uh not like in, in its entirety per se, but like you you can disconnect certain parts of the machinery to um sort of just disrupt its So you have to understand that flesh warping is a combination of alchemical sciences and magic and some of it has to remain intact, you know, in a consistent manner and be maintained probably by someone who can maintain both that balance, those balance between those two things. So you can disrupt that, and without someone here to keep it running and keep it restored, you can disrupt it permanently. You rolled really high, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I have two questions. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the first is, what color is the energy? James has synesthesia, listeners. Whatever color necromantic is. <laughs> I always picture necromantic as purple. Yeah, that's fair. Purple I just green. wanted to make sure it wasn't blue because there was a part of me that thought maybe this is what was powering the gauntlet. Oh, but if it's, yeah. If, if you don't know that offhand, it's definitely not that. So we're good. Yeah. Um, my second question is, between Tulak and I and our, our knowledge of of uh, of uh, like arcane practices mm-hmm. and Kruka's crafting, could we not pretty easily dismantle this whole thing? Like, do you mean maintain it? Yeah, or try and use it. No, I think you said we could, we could destroy this thing. Oh shit! I think I, I think you lack. Tulak's a master in occult. Yes, but you lack the alchemical proficiency. Truck is a master in crafting. So crafting is one thing, but alchemical crafting is its own feat as well. Um, if physics were around, I okay. would probably argue for yes, but. Okay. is just looking at it like, well, the scrap value of copper these days, we could probably <laughs> get a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah. Also tossing in there, given I know Zori uh, wouldn't maybe wouldn't know this offhand right yet, but the information you did find in the folio in the super secret library uh, did detail uh, Gauntlet in its power as like a legendary level twenty like artifact. So its power is standalone; it does not rely, it would never rely on something like this to have to be powered. Right. I, I don't yeah. mean like rely so much as like a focus. Like this could just be a, like a Fresnel lens inside of a like a like a telescope for all I know. So. Big words. <laughs> um, so Tulak is going to look around, look at his companions. And he says, Krukka, perhaps you can find if there's any secret rooms in here or anything else that doesn't meet our eye. Yeah, Krukka was uh, planning on doing a thorough search, but uh, apparently he's just got to be told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. 
pull Scoot the backseat driver. Yeah, I, was gonna, uh, I was just going to say, meanwhile, he Tulak just goes and destroys this fucking thing. But I'll just go fuck myself. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what they say. They say, suck it, burn. Uh, for <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's turn this. Suck it, barn. Okay. okay this is called okay. worker solidarity. <laughs> uh, there's a plus one composite longbow again from a drider. And it is going to be large size, if memory holds correctly. There was a glaive and some arrows on Jaffa Key. There is a plus one striking rapier. There is there's a wand of magic missile level two. Just gonna try and try to run through the things that uh, you know off right away offhand. There's actually a copy of each of the round and four prong keys that you already found to that room. So that round key is even less unusual than they said before. Yeah. <laughs> the um. Uh, there's a couple infused ones here that will no longer have lasted because uh, Jaffa Key was effectu- effectively an alchemist. And there is an additional wand, an alchemist lab, expanded alchemist lab. And there are two flasks, one filled with a green liquid and one filled with a blue, uh, v- a volatile looking blue liquid. Those alchemical or magical? They are alchemical. Truck is gonna take a little uh, eyepiece out and squint heavily. Okay. Are you going for thirty-four for the first one? Okay, green. Yeah. Uh, this is a moderate acid flask. Oh shoot, these are infused too. Never mind, they're all moot. <laughs> You don't get any of yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Alchemist items. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to waste everyone's time. Uh, there's more. There's more though. There's more. It just like it just fizzles into smoke <laughs> in his hands. Oh no. Oh, now that I look at this other wand too, Tulak. If you bring it to Tulak's attention, Tulak will know what it is. It is in fact a wand of gentle repose, level two. Oh. And on one of the desks in the room, there is a. Let's see here. There's another crafter's eyepiece, uh, which Kraka already has. There's a expanded healer's kit, another alchemist lab, a superb repair kit. Again, throwing us in the two locks inventory, though uh, might want that for... I'll take the eyepiece, actually. Yeah, okay. Krakow would take the healer's kit. Yeah, also you're not throwing any of that into my bag of holding. You just calm right down. <laughs> okay, eyepiece for Izori. So I can't make, like, crafters binoculars? Or like a set of crafters' glasses? No, not, not no. I don't think so. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't think so. Uh, yeah, you want to one on each eye <laughs> and get a yeah. get a plus two. Yeah, just not be able to focus out of either. Fortunately, in two e bonuses don't of the same type don't stack. There's always that issue. Uh, you see, expanded healers tools to Kreka. Yes, please. Superb uh, repair kit, perhaps. I do like that superb. Yeah, it's not bad. Finally, I, there is a liquid here to be identified, and it is a uh, a sort of plain brown liquid. That's crafting as well. Alchemical. Tulak hands it to Duffy to give it a little <laughs> lick. I feel like it's unfair if we don't use Duncan's 34 on this. I'm pretty <laughs> proud of that thing. Well, well, well. Going to bat for the old dunk dog, are you? Same team, bro. Same team. Class <laughs> solidarity, bro. 
given this is a, a higher a higher level item uh actually no forget it we can roll it over that's fine let's see let's see if it works 34 yeah it's fine this is a moderate anti-plague which basically it's a level six alchemical item so Europe could have used that a couple hundred years ago. Oh, too soon. Uh... <laughs> Didn't we just finish COVID? <laughs> ah, fuck it. You had to reach back 600 years? Putting the boo in bubonic. That one's called the plague. <laughs> right, that's fair. That's fair. Pl- plus three item bonus to fortitude saves against diseases for 24 hours uh, when, when you take this. So, um, could be pretty useful. Uh, maybe, depending what you encounter. Surely. Oh, and by the way, there is two of those. Okay, so two of the three of us may survive a plague. That's <laughs> wicked <laughs> ominous, so maybe we should find a third one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe if there's a like a, a gang of diseased rats, somebody sit that one out. And uh, amongst the uh, this room, there's, uh, you know, all this alchemical equipment and um, uh, potions and elixirs and bombs and all this stuff. Uh, some of them now defunct because of the infused trait they had, very sadly. Um, the uh, You find all kinds of paperwork, tons of paperwork, formulas and notes on flesh warping. Um, and uh, and uh, it might take some time to sift through if you like. But uh, yeah, there's there's loads of information here. On all of that stuff. Both of you know I cannot read a word. Ah, oh, that's the second time you've made this joke on this show. Yeah, but the first time was this physic. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a three line. Just feed it to the backpack. <laughs> Again, Duffy can't read it for you. It can only give you a cursory knowledge of what you know what it might might entail, giving you a bonus. Right, but he can tell us what we need to waste our time on. Or we could drop off a big old stack of papers to Azrael and say, Agriel, say, say, get reading, bud. Uh, did did Krukka find anything in the walls? Uh, yeah, could do. Krukka did not. Well, I guess he'll just cry into some stacks of paper then. <laughs> did Azori find anything else of value? No. Let me just double check notes here again, real quick, just in case. Um, uh, no, you have found everything of value that you can tell. Um, I know you've got notes in here somewhere in one of your inventory. Yeah, the Sugarathi research notes that you that you looked through gives you a plus two item bonus to research checks. I would say. Um, with some time, you could combine uh, the notes here with that and get yourself a plus three. This is why collaborating with information is important. <laughs> hmm. Too true. Um, Tulok, as they are doing these searches, will be destroying the machine. Raging against okay. it, one would say? <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because, you know, one, they canceled the concert, which I had tickets to for three years because Zach De La Roca tore his Achilles tendon. And also because Tulak is sad, he's breaking it down slowly and meaningfully. Well, Krukka flies into a rage and rages against that. <laughs> <laughs> Roll me an occultism check. I would like to aid. Okay. 18. Uh, this would be a good time to bring up 
something that we've talked about off air before and um, some some chatter about how aid works and what the DC is supposed to be, rules is written, rules is intended and stuff like that. And I think we should go moving forward with something that uh, someone had suggested, uh, a very, very helpful uh, Redditor and content creator, the rules lawyer, uh, Ronald, I don't know his last name, um, but uh, he had suggested something along the lines of a an aid check should be the DC minus five. Um, that way you are still incentivized to help, but you know you don't have this flat DC that... Um, that uh, is really hard at lower levels and impossibly easy at higher levels. Um, so I'm, I think I'm, I'd be happy to roll that direction. Um, so that being said, with the DC I have here, what did you get for your aid? 18. So th- that's actually the reason I always just announce yeah. my aids instead of never saying I aid, except on a sure. heal check, because I know what the aid DC right. is yeah. on that. Because everything else I know you're going to yeah. scale behind the scenes, so that's why I just said 18 instead of yeah, I Yeah, fair aid. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess for the listeners I'm now throwing out there what what we're gonna do, and unless you know a really good argument comes against it, or or a better option comes along, uh, that's what we'll be rolling with going forward. With an eighteen um, at that idea, that is an aid. And I aid myself by rolling a thirty-three. Oh damn! <laughs> Self love is important. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Okay. You you just lock your your mind into dismantling this very methodically, and you nail it. So you just for every part you pull and and un, unfasten, you know exactly which one to do next. It's all it's, it feels very intuitive, um, and you're just sort of like I always say, even too like you start to glow with your own like magic uh, at that purpley glow um, that you always love to describe. You know, just sort of like starts to envelop you a little bit as you just like hone in on your instincts on like what this otherworldly abomination of a machine is and you just pull it apart like you built it yourself when Tulak is finished he turns to his companions and says well if there's nothing else let's bring Lady Gilda back into the sunlight and upon her way home and would like to leave the room yeah Kreka would just grab her and uh throw her body over his shoulder kind of as gently as he can little fireman's carry yeah Izori's strength is zero so she'll be about as helpful as she was tearing down this machine <laughs> just hitting her boot flask telling you how to do it yeah I think Cracker would be fine let's get a plus four bonus yeah I see no reason why Cracker couldn't you know with a bit of effort and time I mean he's got an axe he can chop her into pieces yeah, there is that. <laughs> oh, oh no, p- please don't. Oh, please don't do this. Not again. Not again. <laughs> Eat the gilded Duffy. No. <laughs> She's so beautiful. Um, oh, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way uh, back upstairs and to the nearest tel- teleportation circle, I assume, and make your way back to town. As you do, you enter um, the gauntlet ruins with, you know, that pervasive fog. And as you come out of the fog, there is this sort of like light shining down on you that, that, uh, you know, almost brightens you up for some reason. Like you feel like a task has been done. Um. It's not the happiest of tasks, but 
at least something is on the cusp of being complete again. You lost so much and it was so brutal, but now you are marching forward and toward um, the next step. Where do you take Gilda's body? Probably to Aloria. Oh, straight to uh, the, the courier? I mean, I was going to say Dawnflower first, then courier, but that's... Yeah, Dawnflower would make sense, I think, and prepare her there and maybe send off the epaulets. Uh, you, I mean, on your way into town, you if you take the front entrance, you pass by, at the very least, by Galantine Deliveries. In which case, Aloria would, would say uh, that she would make the preparations, you know, giving her condolences. Um, but yeah, would need a couple of days to organize it. So would suggest leaving Gilda at um, the Dawnflower where Vandy can maintain the gentle repose. Um, in the meantime, however, you can send off the epaulets in a letter perhaps um, right away, if you like. Or you can send them together with the body. I mean, I think that Tulak would like to send the package as a whole. <laughs> as it were. <laughs> yeah. All right. So dropping Lady Gilda off at uh, the Dawnflower Library. Vandy is as solemn as ever with the arrival of uh, another deceased hero. I have no doubt in my mind that she has perished bravely. If not, I suspect you would not be alive, would you, Master Tulak? Would you, Krucker? That's correct, Fandy. And Tulak is just kind of nodding. This sort of thing happens more than we like to think. It seldom feels like it's on our doorstep. Though I imagine this this one is a little more important than most. Yeah, fuck physic. Hmm. He sounded awful. But I didn't mean that. Sorry to kill your moment there. I just had to make a dig. Trying to trying to give a nice goodbye. <laughs> Tulak does turn to Vandy and says, We've lost so much. It's hard to imagine losing more. But I know that with Lady Gilda here, we lost less than we would have. Starting from that first wave the night of the full moon and every horror you could barely even imagine that we've seen in the abomination vaults she has saved us every step of the way since the first time that she considered giving her life but this time she did and I know it was to save us Like in all deaths like this, it's easy to have your mind wander towards the lives she could have continued to save. 
having died so young. But the truth is, we must make the most of the lives she did save. And then she will have died with honor. Dying for a country, a town, and a people that weren't hers. But with the vigilance as if they were. We will honor that as Otarans. Yes. And perhaps now, as she was known to do, I will get a bottle of whiskey and we shall share it as friends and laugh in her memory and try to shed no more tears because that's what she would have wanted. we're going to call it. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at UnchartedNorth.ca, Patreon.com slash UnchartedNorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.